Welcome to the Conscious Health Podcast. My name is Dr. Sylvia. I'm a lifestyle medicine physician, coach, and conscious leader. Each episode is created to inspire and empower you to become the most incredible version of yourself. And it starts with health. I will share with you the lifestyle habits, insights, and advice that are going to take you to your next level from nutrition and fitness to mindset shifts and spiritual tools. So honored to have you here with me. Let's begin. You guys, I'm just still reeling. So a week ago, I actually ran a marathon. I Even saying it is just almost unbelievable to me. And it was beyond, beyond incredible. So in this episode, I'm going to take you through what it felt, what those five hours felt running a marathon. I'm also going to go over the pre-marathon ritual and how I've been recovering in the days after. So if you want to get back into running or if you're an endurance runner and want to hear the tips, or even if you're just interested in sort of defining some year, some big year defining event in your life, um, definitely, definitely listen to this episode. This is gonna be such a good one. Also, if you haven't listened to the previous episode, episode number three, That episode, I go over how to train for a marathon running purely on plants, so definitely have a listen. All right, you guys, if you're listening to this and feel inspired or feel like it could help someone, please share this episode and post it on social media. Tag me. I love to connect with you guys and see where you're at. Also, click subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening so you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes. All right, let's get right into it. So, pre-marathon ritual. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to take you through exactly what I did in the sort of two hours before the marathon. So I decided to run the marathon on a Sunday. And I did it because I wanted my family to be there. I wanted... um, I just wanted it to be sort of not so crazy busy on the streets. I was running a solo marathon. So just so you guys understand, a solo marathon is basically there's no race, right? Like I'm I'm in Toronto and there was no, you know, official races out there. So I decided to run a solo. I wasn't going to let the pandemic and the fact that there were no races and I wasn't going to get a medal and there weren't going to be people cheering me on on the sidelines stop me from this year-defining event. And this year-defining event is my first solo marathon and I was going to do it no matter what. So um, yeah, I did all my training and I did the actual marathon alone, just me running. Um, But actually someone joined me for part of it. So I'm going to get to that later, which was amazing. But okay, so you guys might be thinking, what the heck are you supposed to be doing pre-marathon ritual? Like, are you supposed to be just vegging out? Like, what are you supposed to be doing? So this is what I did and what really helped me to sort of get laser-like focused on my goal because I got to be honest with you guys, like in the probably two, three weeks leading up to the marathon, I felt the butterflies. I felt the nerves. Um, 
it's going to be obviously different for everyone, but if it is, if your goal is big enough, it's going to scare you a little bit. And honestly, that's the litmus test for me when it comes to goals. Like if my goal is just big enough to scare me or to really, really get me kind of like a little bit on edge, I know that it's going to expand me. It's going to push me to my comfort zone. And the only way that we can truly grow is to be pushed to that comfort zone or maybe even a little bit beyond. I know staying safe is fun, it's easy, but staying safe, honestly, guys, isn't going to get us where we want to go in life. So, so yeah, I knew my I knew my goal was big enough because like in the two, three weeks before, I was definitely nervous. In fact, you guys, okay, let me tell you what happened. This is so crazy. I was actually grinding my teeth again. So um, when I was younger, I used to wear braces and I like had an overbite. Oh, it takes me back to those days. But um, I started grinding my teeth again at night and I can tell because at night before I would go to bed, I would, and during the day, obviously I was doing it too, because at night before I'd go to bed, I would kind of brush my teeth and there were areas that that were sore, not because there was a cavity or anything because I'd been to the dentist, but basically she was like, you have pulpitis, which is like an inflammation of your root um, in certain teeth because you are grinding the hell out of them. So yeah, so pre-marathon or pre-big goal, you definitely might be feeling on edge, but you know, just focus, focus in on what your mission is. So for me, pre-marathon ritual, this is what happened. I devoted the two hours before the marathon all to myself. I had my hubs take the kiddos and it was just me by myself for two hours. And in retrospect, that turned out to be amazing because um, it really dialed in my mindset. So I was able to plan, so I was gonna start at 3 p.m., okay, and I was gonna run for five hours. Like my goal was to run the 42 kilometers. A marathon is 42 kilometers and 26.2 miles. Um, And if I kept a decent pace, or a, a very good pace for me, it would be about five hours. And I looked up later what is sort of the beginning paces for your first marathon. It says anywhere from five to six and a half hours. So the fact that I picked five, it doesn't surprise me because I'm just like, you know, when you set the bar high, you're able to jump high, right? Like it just it just makes sense. So, so yeah, five hours was my goal. And this is what I did in the two hours before. I really tapped into my motivation for running. I, oh my gosh, you guys, like I took out pictures of my dad. So my dad ran the Niagara Marathon in his late 40s. And I looked at the picture of him crossing the finish line and just reconnected with my why. I thought about all the ups and downs of training. Like I'd been training for five months up to this point. I thought about the heat exhaustion that I went through because I was training in like heat waves in Toronto. I thought about the popliteus injury, the the muscle at the back of my knee that I injured at the beginning of the training and the three weeks that I had to take off. Um, I thought about all the days that I had devoted and each weekend was a long run. So, you know, it was hours I was devoting to training. It was a lot of time, to be honest. But I really reflected on that and just, whoo, just use that to like drive me. 
Um, the other thing I did, and thank God I did this, guys, this really helped me, was I made a Spotify playlist that was like four hours long um, of all inspirational songs. Like I just took all the songs that like pump me up, my faves, all the songs from like growing up, you know, going to university, they all were in there. And the music really drove me during my run. There was times during my run where I felt like I was just dragging my feet and they felt like lead. And then a song would go on and like, boom, like something in me would switch. I would get re-energized and I would just continue on my pace. So definitely, definitely get your fave songs, get Spotify, you guys, download it, get those songs in there and, um, and make sure, oh, make sure that your battery is full. I know this sounds like totally ridiculous, but it's just a small thing. Um, but make sure your battery in your phone is full. The other thing that I brought with me is just a um, like a separate battery connected by USB that was a phone um, for phone charging. I didn't end up using it, but you never know, you guys. You don't know if your marathon's going to end up being like four and a half hours or six and a half hours or... You know, if you're not going to feel well, you're going to have to sit down somewhere. But um, I mean, hopefully that won't happen. But, you know, you have to plan for everything. So definitely have your battery fully charged and um, have a spare battery to charge your phone. So that's one thing I did. So what about fuel, you guys? I've, I've had actually a couple of questions through Instagram DM about fuel. So in terms of my nutrition, you guys probably know I'm plant-based. So my fuel before the event was around three hours before. So around lunchtime, I ate my regular lunch and I made it carb heavy, um, you know, something that was easily digestible. So I ended up eating like pesto pasta. I also ate rice, almost like a congee type um, consistency, very soft and kind of gluttonous <laughs> with some red bell peppers. So I ate that. And then about half an hour later, I ate some fruits. I ate some pineapple. Um, I can't remember what else was in there. Some other fruits. So, and that to me was perfect because it would give it some time to digest. Um, and I didn't want to eat, you know, like an hour before the run or anything. I just wanted a bit of, you know, two, two, three hours for it to digest. So that was my, my regular lunch. And one hour before the event, I started to get guys like these shivers, um, these goosebumps, I really started to feel into the full sort of intensity of what was going to happen. And it actually reminded me of how I felt before giving birth um, to, to, <laughs> to my last child. I had this like energy flowing in me, this anxiety, this nervousness, this excitement, and it was just ready to be unleashed, almost like a like I almost felt like a tiger in a cage and I was just waiting. I was like looking at my watch, waiting, waiting for 3 p.m., waiting for 3 p.m. So, right. So in that hour before, what I did was I got my gear ready. So guys, make sure that you don't want anything last second to be tripping you up, right? I got my gear and everything ready an hour before. Like don't, don't be like 10, 15 minutes before. Okay, I'm going to get dressed, this and that. Like get it ready. I laid out all my clothes. Um, I filled my hydration pack. I used Nathan, um, the Nathan brand hydration pack, the minimalist pack. It was amazing. Um, I filled the bladder, which was two liters in there 
with um, filtered water and then put in my electrolyte tablets and I, I use the Noon brand, N-U-U-N. Um, and I got that all ready and I put the bladder in the fridge because I knew I was gonna be running in super hot weather. So that was all set up to go. Um, I got my sunglasses ready, my hat, my shoes, like it was all laid out. Um, and my gels too. So this is the thing you guys, for longer events, you wanna be taking in um, some sort of fuel and I chose to use a, an energy gel. Um, the company is called Endurance Tap. So they are a Canadian company um, and basically it's maple syrup, ginger and sea salt. But you wanna be taking a gel every 45 minutes to an hour. So I think I pack like six gels or something with me. And I put two in each of the little compartments at the front of my chest where my hydration pack clipped. And then I left the other ones in like sort of the larger backpack at the back where the where the bladder was situated and where my um, where my battery was situated. So that's sort of how I laid everything out. Now, so the other thing is I knew that I was running solo, right? So I had to like there was no race, there's no start line, there was no people going to be there. So I just wanted to really calm myself down and sort of just reflect on this amazing event that I was going to do. So I arrived at my start line, which was just an, an intersection that I chose in Toronto 20 minutes early. So I just, I wanted to take in that moment. Um, do you guys know that Pitbull song, feel this moment? Okay, I'm not gonna sing it for you, but I had that song on my playlist and I was just thinking like, I just wanna feel this moment. So I was there 20 minutes early. Um, Oh, the other thing I did was I recorded myself along the trip and the run. And looking back in hindsight, this was one of the coolest things. So guys, I would really recommend doing this. And I got this idea from my friend Dan. And my friend Dan, okay, he had just done an 80 miler recently. 80 miles, guys. That's like four marathons, okay? I mean, that's just a different level. But what Dan said was either get someone to record you or record yourself along the way. And I didn't have anyone running with me at the beginning. So what I decided to do was just post every 10 kilometers, I would post just a little update to Instagram stories so that whoever was following me could feel inspired, see my journey. And at the end, you guys, I made this incredible Instagram reel, like this little mini video of my marathon at different time points. And it was so cool looking back because you could see like, you know, at 10K I was doing okay. At 20K I was like, you know, I'd been running two hours in the heat and you can see my face is like flushed, I'm sweating. You know, um, my words are choppy as I'm talking. Like you can really get a sense of what's happening on a physiologic level to you, what's happening mentally, spiritually. So it's just a beautiful way to record your journey. So yeah, I would I would recommend if you can just taking little short videos of yourself along the way. So I got there 20 minutes early and I just recorded a little video of, you know, I'm about to start, like this is how I'm feeling, all the things. So um, it worked out perfectly. And um, the the last thing I did right before I started was I read all of the texts and emails and messages from my family, my friends, people that had done marathons or endurance event, 
um, the amazing community on Instagram. Like I, I received so much love, you guys. I, I almost can't even describe it. And this ended up really fueling me at the beginning because I had this incredible drive. And I'm always going to remember that 30 seconds, that minute before the marathon started. Like I think I just like pumped my arms out. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Um, I think there's like a lady walking with her child that looked up at me like, what is going on with that that girl right there? Um, but yeah, I like pumped my arms out and I just remember seeing a, there was like a bus stop there. And on the bus stop, there was an ad and it said something like, time, time to go, go time freedom something like that it might have been a car ad I don't even know what the ad was for to be honest but I just kept focusing on those big letters like freedom go time time to go and it was just like yes this is exactly the message that I needed so that that was my pre-marathon ritual so yeah hope that was hope that was helpful for anyone that is thinking about um, running their first marathon or sort of a longer run. These are the types of things that I would dial in and and sort of get get myself ready before this this larger run, this larger event. All right, guys. So I'm gonna keep going because I need to tell you guys about the actual marathon. All right, this was okay. I'm gonna relive it now. So this is like gonna be special for me. But this was such an incredible thing, you guys. I have never, aside from giving birth. I have never done something so physically trying, so physically difficult, so physically amazing, okay? Um, One of my great friends, Lee, ended up sending me a quote right before the marathon, and she said, Wonder Woman is not a fictional character. Wonder Woman is a mindset, and I just thought of that as I was starting my marathon um so get this you guys I started and I felt the energy building and I just I just exploded like I exploded through the start line the imaginary start line and the way that I did it was I just um would run 10 kilometers in different directions you know north east south whatever and return to the intersection And for me as a solo runner, that ended up being really great because I was running alone. That intersection was kind of like a comfort for me because I knew it was actually there's a subway there. So there's like an overhang where I could, you know, get away from the the glaring sun for, you know, a couple minutes. I could take my energy gel. I could post Instagram stories and sort of gather my thoughts so that was great. And it was also a great way to break up the race. Because when you think of 42 kilometers, you're like, oh my gosh, it might feel very overwhelming. But when you break anything, whether it be a race or a goal into smaller doable chunks, um, and this is what I work with with my, with my patients and clients and people that I coach, it's like when you do that, your brain can handle it. You just have to run the 10K. That's it. And then... Once you've hit the 10K, your brain sort of switches and it's like, okay, next 10K, I'm ready. And then after you've hit 20, your brain's like, okay, next 10K. So it's very manageable. So um, that's one recommendation that really worked for me and, and might work for you. But 
yeah, I knew there was not going to be a medical team on the sidelines, no one cheering me on, there's no closed roads. So I also had to mentally prepare for that. It was just me, my songs, like that's it, me and my songs. And I was just running, right? Um, so it worked out really well. And the other thing that I did that really, really helped me was at 30 kilometers, I was going to meet my family. And I did this for two reasons. Number one was in my training, 28 kilometers was the furthest that I'd ever run. So 30, I knew at 30 kilometers, like I would be tired. And I knew that at 30 kilometers, I needed something, some sort of motivation to add fuel to my fire. So, and the second reason was my hydration pack. I knew through my experience that two liters would be gone by 30 kilometers. So my family is going to bring me some hydration. I was going to refill my pack and I was going to meet them at 30K and give myself sort of a mental and an emotional boost. And um, so, yeah, the first 10K went well. The second 10K up to 20 gone still went well. And like the pace was was actually pretty decent. But I could tell that I was I was getting really hot because I was running in the heat and you know, that's just it. Like I planned to run the marathon in the summer in Toronto. I didn't know there was going to be heat waves, but you know, you work around it. You just make sure that you're hydrated. And again, like I had that little intersection, that subway overhang where I would like every 10K, I would get under there for a few minutes and just give my body a bit of a break. So 20K, I remember being like, okay, at 20K, I hit it. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. This is half marathon territory. Um, I've got this. I've got this. I felt good. Um, even though I was tired, I felt good. And the adrenaline was just going. And that next 10K though was really hard, you guys. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be transparent here. Um, I think from 20 to 30, it, it, it was, I don't know, it was just hard. I, I think in training, I had also only run 28K. So mentally, I kind of knew that that's the time when I would get tired. And, um, and it was okay, like I made sure to keep hydrated. I was drinking probably every 10 or 15 minutes from you know, the tube coming out of my hydration pack. I made sure that every hour I took um, um, an energy gel. Like I, you know, I, everything was on track and it was going well. It was just, I was feeling the fatigue, but I kept saying to myself, if I can just push to that 30, like my family was gonna be there. And so what I did, you guys, I set it up so that I would run laps in a schoolyard, basically like the field of a schoolyard with different members of my family. Um, and oh, guys, like this was incredible. As I approached the schoolyard, I had my brother and his girlfriend in a car following me, like cheering me on, saying, go Sylvia, go. They made a massive sign <laughs> that they were hanging like out of their car. And as I got to the schoolyard, I ended up running um, laps with my cousin, with my dad. I ran three laps with my mom. She did the most. I was so proud of her. And it was just incredible, you guys. Um, later, my like all my family members said I looked really rested and they were surprised how good I looked at 30K. I don't know if I felt that great. I felt okay, but... Um, I think I was just so energized to see them and happy and that happiness totally drove me you guys like it was this crazy crazy engine um 
it was a sustainable energy. Like I think I remember telling um, one of my mentors, Natalia Benson, like love is a sustainable energy. You know, fear isn't, but love is. And so when I saw them there waiting for me, I was like, let's go. This is go time. Um, so yeah, I, I will always, always, always remember like running with my mom. And guys, my mom, she is not a runner by any means, okay? Like for her running the, those three laps, I could tell, I could totally tell that she was like a little bit tired and I kept, like, I was patting her on the back and saying, let's go, let's go. And she looked at me and she said, I'm so proud of you. Like, how are you doing this? And how are you telling me to go? Like, I should be telling you to go, right? Um, but again, I had so much energy and just, and also running a lap with my dad, you guys. Like, I knew that in his late 40s, he had run the Niagara Marathon. And just running with him, like, I was running a marathon now. I mean, that generational, I don't know what you call it, like the generational shift, that generational passing it down to the next generation. I actually thought I was, as I was running with my dad, like my kids are going to see what I'm doing and they may or may not run a marathon. They may train for one. They may do an, you know, an endurance event, but it's just passing that, that down as a legacy to your children is so, so powerful. So I did that. I did those runs with my family. And oh my gosh, thank gosh, my mom brought like cold water, not for my hydration pack. Like we refilled that, but she brought cold water and I just like poured it on my face and my hands. And she brought like a cloth, a cold cloth that she put on my neck for a few minutes. And that just like woke me up to a new level. And get this. So okay get this so from 30 to 40k I thought like I thought I would be running alone I, would, I thought I'd be running the last 12 kilometers of the marathon alone but my brother's sister was like hey I want to run 10k with you and holy smokes I think that just running with someone that's there for support ended up being so amazing so we did we ran we ran from 30 to 40k together and I saved the last part of the marathon like I saved my favorite area to run uh, in the last part of the marathon also I made sure you guys that I ran the first sections that were more hilly and I saved the last part was more flat now obviously if you're running a real race you don't have that sort of leeway to plan your course but for me I was running a solo marathon so I wanted that last bit of the marathon to be flat course I wanted it to be my favorite area and I ended up running with my brother's girlfriend and it was beyond incredible I think those last that last like 10 12k more than anything um gosh I was just I was just feeling gratitude like I was just in a zone where I felt this deep and powerful connection to myself um, to my family to my friends um, I to the universe like I remember running and just being grateful that my body could do this 
because there's many people out there that are sick or have chronic diseases that can't do this. Um, and yeah, like I just, this gratitude was there. And I remember high-fiving some leaves on the way and just touching some leaves and looking, because at that time it was like at about seven o'clock or so. So the, the sun was starting to set and it was so beautiful. And I remember taking off my glasses and just looking at the sunset and running and I felt like I mean there were times in the race you guys I've got to be honest where I felt super tired and my temperature was high because I was running in the heat and I was running up a hill and I could barely I was dragging my feet okay and there were other times in the race like that sunset time when I was just I didn't feel my body almost it was like an an out-of-body experience it was just like I was floating I was floating in the wind, you guys. I remember feeling so much, so much gratitude for the wind because the wind started to blow like at the end of that, my race. And just that wind, feeling it, feeling the cooling sensation of it. Oh, I don't even know. It was just full on gratitude at like, like I'd never felt before. Like it was just beyond me it's it's hard to describe in words but hopefully some of you out there that are listening have felt this way at some point in your lives either during a physical thing that you're doing or maybe in your stillness and in your meditation or in your connection with nature when you're grounding into nature you felt this way it was just such a beautiful deep and powerful connection um so yes i you know there were times in the race when I definitely thought there were there were moments in the race, you guys, when I thought, okay, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it. And let me tell you what I did, because this is actually very important. Whenever you have those negative thoughts, it's super, super important to shut them down immediately. I call it killing the monster when it's small. I did this during my training, during my longer um, weekend races and runs is like anytime you feel that negativity coming in. And you will, like you you will feel it. I mean, there's you're, that's just what your brain does, right? Like it, our brain tries to protect us and give us the safe route. And you just got to tell yourself like, no, you are not invited to this party. Like no one invited you like to this party. So what I do is I just try to shut it down as fast as possible. So the couple times that came up during my run, um, when I felt sort of my heart racing shallow breathing when I was going uphill and it was really hot and it was really hard for me I just told myself no like I am going to make it no matter what and so what I would do is I would what I call flip the switch so this is a technique where when you have a negative thought you immediately follow it up with a positive thought and it can be a visualization too which is really powerful so I would visualize my family at the finish line I would visualize the the metal. Um, my daughter made me a metal out of construction paper that she'd be putting on my neck. Like I would visualize all the positives. So that really helped me to stay focused. Um, and the other thing that I did that helped me, especially towards the last you know few kilometers of the run, is just to stay present. Um, again, one of my good friends DM'd me right before my run, and and they were like, "Listen." stay present, stay curious. And that just really stuck with me in the race. And I think it's a good sort of motto to have in everyday life 
Because when things aren't going well or when things are hard or you're in pain or discomfort, the best way to deal with it is to just lean into it really is to surrender not to fight it because the more you fight the discomfort you're just amplifying it right just lean into it and be curious be present like for me it was like okay i'm feeling really really hot i'm feeling like my body's radiating heat and the pavement's radiating heat um or you know like i'd be like i'm feeling thirsty and i would lick my lips and they were dry and just being present and curious and being like well why am i why am I thirsty now? Like, am I not drinking enough? Um, let's try drinking every 10 minutes instead of every 15. Stuff like this. Or, you know, I'm feeling really low. Okay, let me check my watch. Okay, well, actually, I'm approaching the hour mark where I need to be taking my gel. So the gel is going to give me more energy. I'm probably feeling low because I'm all my glycogen is being depleted, etc. Right? So stay open, stay curious. This will really take you guys far. Um and it took me far. So, so yeah. Um, so it was just the last, okay. So the last 10 K, um, or from 30 to 40, I ran with my brother's girlfriend and I remember like at the 40 K mark, I knew that I was almost done and I knew I'd make it. Like I, I knew a hundred percent. But I wanted to run it alone. So um, we kind of talked about, I signaled her to, um, you know, that she had run far enough with me and I really appreciated it. And so from 40 to 42.195, because that's what a marathon is, it's 42.195. And I wasn't going to cut myself short. I wasn't going to run 42. I was going to do the full 42.195. I knew I had those few kilometers to run by myself. Um, And towards the end it was hard like I felt my the fingers this was weird you guys I felt the fingers in my my hands were getting swollen um and I don't know um if that's just because I was drinking a lot or it was hot but um I think probably a bit of both I know they say that at the end of a marathon like your feet might get swollen um so I felt it in my my hands and I remember just like sort of pumping my hands and shaking it out as I ran oh yeah that's another really good tip is just sort of do body checks at different time points so for me like towards the end I did a body check so I would just scan from from head to toe and see like if there's any areas that are uncomfortable how can I make it comfortable and always drop your shoulders you know you want um, as Robin Arzon says from Peloton crown on three two one you want your head to be tall you want your core to be engaged your shoulders down you know pump your arms or you know sort of flex your feet a bit if they're if they're starting to hurt whatever you need to do to sort of shake it out and make sure that you can finish so those last three kilometers oh my gosh um I don't even know I don't even know how to describe this um there was just a sense of overwhelming accomplishment overwhelming pride and I knew that running a marathon was something that people may talk about but may never do. Or the people that did do it, they know what it takes. Um, I just felt so proud of my body. Like I felt so proud of my training for the five months. I felt so proud of myself for following through. 
I felt so proud of myself for developing that grit and resilience and mindset that was necessary to take me to the end of this journey. And sorry, I'm getting emotional, you guys. The last two kilometers that I ran on my own were the longest. It's weird, right? Like you've run the 40K and you're like, there's just two kilometers left. But in those two kilometers, okay, sorry guys, (laughs) I'm just getting a bit emotional. In those two kilometers, I felt like I was running forever. And it was beautiful. There was, um, there was this Queen song that came on and I love Queen. (laughs) I love Queen and I don't even know what song it was to be honest, but Maybe somebody might know. But in the Queen song, they just kept saying love. They just kept repeating the word love, love, love. And that's exactly what I felt. I <clears throat> I felt this immense love that was just radiating out of my body for everything that I'd done and for, for my family that had come before me, for all the generations that had come before me so that in this very moment in time, I could complete this run. And for my children and all the generations that were to come, for them, I knew that in doing this, it had created some sort of shift in me and hopefully in whoever is listening, in you, in you that's listening to this podcast right now and in my children and in my family. In my family, they were so proud of me, you guys. Like, I can't even tell you. So I approached the finish line and and my hubs and my kiddos were there waiting for me, my brother, you know, my brother's girlfriend. And it was like, it was incredible. I ran through the red ribbon in tied to two trees in the schoolyard. And my daughter, my beautiful daughter, she had made a medal for me because when I declared that I was going to run the marathon five months prior, I told her like there's no there's no real marathon so I'm not going to get like an actual medal and I remember her going to her room and she's like don't come into my room and half an hour later she came out with this medal that had a maple leaf on it and it had the year 2021 and it had a sun because I told her that I was going to be running in the summer and she created this medal for me and put it on um, like a little string it was super cute and she said when you run the marathon I'm going to put this on your neck. And I remember leaning over and being so tired, like I couldn't feel my legs. And she put the marathon on my neck and I gave her this big kiss. And it was just the most incredible feeling. I mean, again, aside from giving birth, it was like the most incredible feeling that I'd ever felt. I felt so present in the moment, so grateful and just so alive so alive like and I don't know if it was the adrenaline or the cortisol in my body but I felt like my my cells the cells in my body my entire body was just made of this energy this energy that was flowing and that was the moment you guys um I'll never forget it it's a day I will always remember and I know I've gotten dms since then and family has asked me like hey um is this a bucket list item or are you going to run another marathon? 
And all I can say now, a week out, because it's been a week since um, I'm recording this podcast episode a week after I ran the marathon, I don't know. I don't know if I'll run another marathon. Um, It was my year-defining event for 2021. But what I do know is that whatever I'm doing, I'm not going to stop. I have more in me. So I'm not going to say I won't. I'm not going to cross it off the list. Um, It was just... It was just a day I'll always remember. Um, Okay, guys, so that was the marathon. I took you through it. Guys, if you're feeling inspired to run, to either restart running, maybe you've been a runner before, or maybe you want to train for a longer event, definitely listen to this pod again. Listen to episode number three, where I go over how to train for a marathon. I want this to inspire you guys, like you guys that are listening. Um, I want this to be just a source of energy for you. Feed off of this energy and use it to just grow and expand and just just feel more alive. Like, honestly, that is my hope for you guys. So I'm going to end off this podcast episode with the recovery because this is actually really important, but something that people don't really talk about because, you know, you ran the marathon and like everyone's happy. It's done. It's amazing. But nobody really talks about the recovery. So I did a bunch of research and I want to tell you guys what I did and my best takeaways and tips. So in terms of recovery, what happens is that during the marathon, your body is depleted of glycogen. Um, it could also be hard on your kidneys. So it's, it's, it's very important to hydrate, but still it can be hard on your kidneys. The other thing is your temperature is probably going to rise a couple of degrees, okay? So uh, we're talking feverish zone. Like your body may feel like it has a fever because it's risen a couple of degrees. Um, And you're going to start to probably feel some soreness and inflammation in your muscles, especially your lower body. So your glutes, um, your quads, calves, hamstrings, all of these are going to be tired and inflamed. Um, and for me also, even though, you know, I think I had a pretty strong core running, I felt like my sort of my lower back, my lower core was tired towards the end because it's a lot, right? Like it's not just your legs that are doing the running for, for that many hours. Your core has to be stabilized and engaged for so many hours of running. So it's a lot. So, okay, guys, this is the first thing. Please do not sit down or collapse after you're finished your event, whatever it is. Keep walking for at least 10 to 15 minutes. This is really important because it gives your body time to sort of start bringing it down a notch. So your heart rate's going to go down. Um, Your brain's going to be like, okay, I've stopped running, like start taking it in, all these things. So definitely keep walking. The other thing is in the first hour after your event, that's when you can replenish your glycogen stores the most. Um, when your muscles are sort of super hungry for that for that glucose. So if you can, in the first hour, try and eat something that's easy on the stomach. Now, um, what I ended up doing is I ended up having a smoothie, bananas, and dates. Um, and, okay, I'm going to be transparent. And a little bag of plantain chips. <laughs> I think I was really craving salt. Um, but yeah, try to eat something that is um, whole food based. Um, preferably some easily digestible carbs and you want to have it pretty quick like in the first hour hour and a half if you can um, because that's really going to get that the the glycogen stores replenished in your body so um, the other thing is maybe your stomach might feel upset I know for me 
um, I really couldn't eat right away. Um, you know, it took me probably an hour or an hour and a half before I started eating. But in retrospect, I should have just taken a gel because the gel is just maple syrup and it's so easily digestible. And I think if I'd taken the gel, it, that would have been a good thing. So maybe have an extra gel for right after you finish and just pop that, pop that in. Um, cause that, you know, that will get your glycogen replenished. So the other thing is don't stretch too much. Okay. <laughs> I know it might, might sound tempting, like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm done now. I'm going to stretch. Uh, it, you can easily cause a tear, um, in a muscle. I actually have an old sort of adductor injury, um, which is the muscle on, on your inner thigh. So I didn't want to do too much stretching. I mean, obviously you can bend over sort of release that tension from your core, but I wouldn't do too much stretching because, you know, you're tired, right? And when you're tired, you might overdo it. Um, and, you know, you, you your muscles are inflamed, so you don't want to be doing too much stretching. Allow your body temperature to come down. This, this was so important. So if you can have someone pour water on you, cold water, if you're running in the heat, um, take off your constricting clothes and shoes. Guys, this felt so amazing. I remember stripping off my shoes and my socks and luckily my feet weren't swollen, but it just felt so good to get that off my feet and just to wiggle my toes. Like it was amazing. Um, also, I have to say after the marathon, so I ran it and I finished at 8 p.m. at night. I actually, guys, I actually did run it in five hours. I forgot to say, but I had set in my mind to run the marathon in five hours and I ran it in like five hours and five minutes or something. I mean, it's incredible the power of your mindset. So after all those hours, um, I was really sore. I couldn't, I felt stiff. I couldn't really, you know, bend down or I remember like someone saying, okay, let's take a picture. I think it was my husband. He's like, let's take a picture. Just, you know, I squat down beside the kiddos. I'm like, I can't, like, <laughs> I did not want to be doing anything. Um, I just wanted to sort of walk around, let my body temperature come down. And what I ended up doing is I ended up just resting. Um, it was late at night and I rested in bed and I started just slowly massaging um, my lower body and started using the tarragon. So I have a tarragon, which is um, sort of a tissue massager. So um, you can use a light foam roller or very light tarragon. You want to start to flush out some of those toxins, but you don't want to do anything crazy. Um, like I know it's recommended to wait, you know, at least 72 hours before you get a massage, for example. So, you know, you want to start like feeling the muscles um, and doing that. But again, you don't want to you don't want to be going overboard because your muscles are going to be sore and they really they're really going to need time to heal. So the other thing is some people take an ice bath. Um, that's something you can use for sure if you're used to it. Now, I didn't. I didn't train. Um, when I did my trainings, I didn't take ice baths, so I didn't end up doing that, but um, it could be really good for inflammation. I just took a cold shower, and I checked the color of my urine. I know this sounds kind of gross or weird, but it's not. Checking the color of your urine is important just to make sure, um, you know, it checks the status of your hydration. So if your urine obviously is very yellow, um, or dark, then you know that you're dehydrated. So, um, you know, continue to drink afterwards water or even electrolyte fluid um, afterwards and everything's going to be really tender. So, okay, let me tell you guys what happened to me. Now, usually marathons are run in the mornings, like real races, but um, 
I decided to run mine, you know, in the evening. And I could not sleep that first night, you guys. I think partially because, you know, my legs were sore, but my adrenaline was still going. Like I felt all this excitement. Um, I ended up, you know, texting and DMing and, and talking to so many people that had left incredible messages for me. And everyone wanted to know how to go, how to go, how was the event, how was the race. And I ended up just doing that. And then I couldn't sleep. And I probably slept for a total of four hours that night, which is not good. And I woke up at like 6 a.m. And I remember thinking, what is going on with my body? Like, why can I not sleep? Um, but again, it takes some time for you to come down. Um, the adrenaline's high. Like, you've done an amazing thing. You've Your body has been through a lot. So give yourself some downtime. And if you can run in the morning, obviously that's better because you'll have the rest of the day to sort of come down before you sleep Um, but that would be one recommendation now um, okay so this is the other thing that I did you guys that ended up in retrospect being so good if you can if you can afford doing this do it so what is it I asked my husband to take the kids okay and I was alone that night and the next day and it helped so much because I've got to be honest the next day after the marathon I mean I could walk obviously but I was very very sore um you know I would walk around I ended up walk I ended up going out to like grab something to eat and I would walk to make myself food but I spent most of the day in bed. Um, It is a good idea to sort of walk as much as you can that next day, presumably, you know, within comfort, right? I mean, you're not going to overdo it, but you definitely want to keep moving. But you also want to rest, right? So I was in bed for most of the day. And thank God, you know, I was alone because I was also processing. So for me, I had so many emotions. I was crying. I had gratitude. I felt this intense, overwhelming love and I was just trying to process everything. So that first day after the marathon was just a rest day for me. Um, The other thing that's really important to do um, right after the race and in the days after is do body checks. So I didn't want to take any Tylenol or Advil because, well, partially because I feel like pain and discomfort is not something that we should always be sort of sweeping under the rug, right? I mean, I think we've grown up in a society where the second we feel a bit of pain, like we pop an Advil or Tylenol. And I think it's really important to do a body check and um, what I call body intelligence. So this is something I teach inside um, my Supercharge Your Life course. So body intelligence is basically being acutely aware of your body and small physical changes. And so without the Tylenol Tylenol or Advil I was able to really do a body check and see like which parts of my body were feeling uncomfortable you can check for injuries to see if you injured anywhere luckily I had no injuries I was just sore but one thing that I did feel was my hip flexors so obviously your hip flexors go through a lot so um, I definitely felt the strain on those and so I was resting as much as I could Um, by that second day Um, my appetite was better Um, my lower back and core also felt better so just one night of rest dealt with that that was a hundred percent back to normal that that next day and I would say my legs were about 
70 or so percent better okay um that next day now i ended up taking an epsom salt bath so that was really nice and then the second night so that the first night after the marathon i guess i was wired i couldn't sleep but that second night you guys do you know how much i slept 12 hours without waking 12 hours without waking so i think my body just needed that rest so uh yeah i mean it was it was incredible so after those 12 hours i would say on the second day i was probably about 90 percent better and the third day i I had recovered by 72 hours now everyone's going to be different but that's just sort of letting you know that after you do an event like this be prepared for a couple of days to feel soreness and to maybe even you have to take time off of work or have someone take care of your kids like plan for it ahead of time because that's gonna allow you to process it better and to heal faster so that was my recovery i hope that helped you guys um so i'm gonna finish off the pod by just encouraging you guys i guess to dream big um i think one of the main takeaways for me was that I figured out once you do hard things, your mindset around what's possible expands exponentially. Let me say that again. I love this. This is actually from my friend Lee. Once you do hard things, your mindset around what is possible for you expands exponentially. Isn't that incredible? So... You know, again, I don't know if running this marathon was just a bucket list for me. I don't think so. I definitely think that my options have expanded and we'll see what the future holds. Um, The other thing is, I just want to remind you guys that mindset is so powerful. Like when you have a focus, so for me, it was this year defining event. When you plan for it and focus on it, laser like focus, you are virtually unstoppable, you guys. I said I would train for, you know, four to five months and I would run this event. And when I ran it, I would do it in five hours and I ended up doing it in five hours and five minutes. Like that just blows my mind, you guys, doesn't it? I mean, you are unstoppable. The mind is unstoppable. The body is unstoppable. And another one of my friends asked me at the end of the marathon what percent of it was mindset and what percent of it was physical training And to be honest, I think 80% is mindset. 80% is mindset. I mean, you don't have to be a super powerful athlete to run a marathon because your mind is the strongest armor you will ever need, okay? Your mind is absolutely the strongest armor you will ever need. And it's right there. We all have it. We just have to utilize it to its fullest potential. So for me, the confidence, the grit, and the resilience that I built up through this process, I know is gonna serve me not only in my health, but in my career, in my family, and beyond. So for any of you guys out there still wondering if this is something you should do, I would say go for it. Go for it, go for it. The process is gonna be so incredible. You're gonna learn so much, and it's gonna be a day that you will always remember. So, As I finish off the pod, if you guys want to connect with me on Instagram, you can find me at drdr.sylvia, S-I-L-V-I-A dot M-D. 
That's at doctor.sylvia.md is my Instagram. Come say hi. I love to hear from you guys. Come connect. Um, if you got running questions, nutrition questions, I'm here for you guys. The other best way to connect with me is on my website, which is www.drsylviamd.com. That's D-R-S-I-L-V-I-A-M-D.com. Um, I offer one-on-one -on -one personal health coaching and extensive lifestyle medicine consultations. So if you are training for your first marathon and need help, or if you want to overhaul your lifestyle, starting with your nutrition and your fitness, let's work one-on-one. -on -one. I am accepting new clients right now. So head on over to my website. You can check out the coaching tab there. Um, or if you want to see for a right fit to work together, just simply DM me on Instagram. I'd love to connect with you guys. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it on the Grammy Gram or the social media. Share it with family and friends. I love to say this, but I'm going to keep repeating it. When one person wins, we all win. Let's shift our health, our life trajectory, and let's do the same for others. Sending you guys so much love and gratitude and can't wait to see you on the next episode. Hello, beautiful souls. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are just wanting to take a deeper dive into running, you want to get back into it, or maybe you're just dreaming of running your first half or full marathon, I've got some exciting news for you. I'm going to be hosting a free marathon masterclass. This is going to be an incredible mini training where we're going to take a deeper dive into all things running and I'm going to be answering your questions live via a Zoom call. You can click the link in the episode show notes and sign up for our marathon masterclass or simply go to www.drsylviamd.com backslash marathon. Can't wait to see you guys there. To get notified of the next episode, subscribe on iTunes. If this episode resonated with you, please leave a review. I would love to hear your thoughts. Let's continue to live longer and stronger together. And I will see you on the next episode.